Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. Indonesia, an archipelago made of over 17,000 islands lying off the coast of Southeast Asia, is one of the most strikingly diverse areas in the world. Split across a juncture in the Earth's tectonic plates, Indonesia encompasses cultures and species from Oceania and Asia. In its rich geographic variety, there's also volatility, with volcanoes and rising sea levels a persistent threat to Indonesians. For the arts, the country's location has contributed to an abundance of techniques, including carving, sculpture, puppetry, textiles and beadwork that show traces of long-gone Hindu-Buddhist empires, the influence of Dutch colonial tastes and Islamic visual traditions. Contemporary art, particularly since the 1980s, has been politically charged. It was a means of protesting the past dictatorship of President Suharto and remains critical of Indonesia's military history. Today, Indonesia has become one of the liveliest art worlds in Southeast Asia. It has a playful and collaborative character that is well demonstrated by the range of collective-run art initiatives across the country. Aaron Sito is the director of the Museum of Modern and Contemporary Art in Nusantara, otherwise known as Museum Machan. The ambitious private initiative, masterminded by businessman and major art collector Harianto Atiksomo, opened in 2017. It's his collection of around 800 works, built over two decades, that forms the museum's holdings. He's focused half his collection on the best of Indonesian art, and if you visit the museum, on the fifth floor of one of Jakarta's towers, you'll find these works integrated with international icons, alongside other touring exhibitions. There might be a show addressing the global legacy of pop, or an exhibition that considers parallel universes through works by Anish Kapoor, Ahamanyani, and Barbara Kruger. Aaron spoke to me from Jakarta, about how the museum is making these cross-cultural connections and devising its hugely popular programming. Museum Machan is a private initiative and the first institution in Indonesia to focus on international modern and contemporary art. It's an impressive and distinctive offering. Taking on this directorship, I imagine you had to think about how to successfully introduce and integrate the museum into the city. Can you tell us about the process you went through? Uh, well, thanks. Uh, thank you for the question. I think um, I think that's really been one of the great challenges and one of the things that sets the attitude that we have uh, in in the museum is actually uh, thinking about its location and thinking about um, uh, the city that we live in and the community that surrounds us. Of course, um, Indonesia and Jakarta itself has had 
or has lots of uh, museums and we're, we're the first modern and contemporary art museum um, that has a has that is striving for, for international standard uh, facilities but I think that the it is really important when when we consider the role of museums is that we actually also understand who our public is um, Jakarta is a massive, is a very big city, and Indonesia itself is also a very, very large um, country. So over a quarter of a billion people live in um, Indonesia. And when we uh, began planning the museum itself, we also understood that uh, Jakarta is a, or Indonesia is a developing country. It lacks, uh, it lacks this kind of infrastructure, the civic infrastructure. And in order to, um, to shape our offering, our programs, we understood that many of our audiences will be coming to the museum for the first time. So, you know, there's a lot of contrasts that happen in Indonesia. It's, it, there, there's a great division of wealth. Um, uh, as I said before, it's a developing country. Education is still, arts education and things like this are still uh, very much in an, uh, a nascent um, uh, stage, so we thought very, very carefully about who our who our public was and and how to best engage with them. Mm. And you see that in the use of your language, like your primary language on the website and in your communications, is Indonesian, like Basa. But with the programming, what other things have you had to think about? Like what topics and also how to present contemporary art, which can often be quite alienating for want of a better word sure i mean i think that this also points to a, a really a very much an expanded idea of of how the curatorial um functions within within a museum it's not, for us um being in a you know with with new audiences many of our audiences have never been into a space like a museum um i mean and also just for your for, for your for your audience i mean jakarta is a tropical humid hot place and so um to build a facility that is got big white walls that is air conditioned and that is spacious is or already um uh suggests that there is a big leap from people's everyday moving into into a museum so when we when we talk in the west about um uh how audiences perceived spaces it's going to be very different because because uh, nothing like this really existed before we before we we had had built it so we're very conscious of that so firstly the the primary language is Bahasa Indonesia because we are here and our and our community is is Indonesia and where we are looking at ways in and this is the trick of of curatorial programming is finding those connections and finding points of entry and being being um, open that maybe the, the, the types of um, understandings that you have about a work operate differently uh, when you present it to an audience who don't have those same um, educational that same educational background or the same values that you you might have and I think that that's also that is the that was really the really exciting thing about moving to to um, to Jakarta is that we are able to many ways program uh with a flexibility and a, and also a curiosity uh to to create 
different types of meanings and different types of connections to our audiences. So, so how that you might perceive an artwork in, in the West is going to be very, very different to how you, how you do it here. And that's actually the beauty of uh, this kind of um, enterprise. And I also think that your collection, which is really expansive, reflects this. So you have this broad spectrum of modern greats, including the Indonesian Sussa Giorgio and um, Robert Rauschenberg mixed with Yayo Kusama. And you did a massive exhibition of hers. And I was lucky enough to be there for it and saw the interaction that went on with all the stickers all over that room. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you also have performances in your collection. So what principles govern it? Yeah, I think one of the things, uh, well, the first thing that I did was actually to look at the collection. Um, it, it's important to note we're a private museum. So this is a the the this is using private capital to build a civic space. So it it again that the kind of relationship between uh, the public and the private operates differently in in Indonesia and in Southeast Asia compared to compared to elsewhere as well. But it it, it is um, uh, when you look at the the kind of key areas of the collection, you can see that um, the founder whose collection we look after. Uh, it was very much interested in, in moments of cultural uh, contact and uh, the, the, the types of aesthetic and um, aesthetic uh, issues that are, arise when, when cultures change because of, because of that or because of technology or other world historical events. So that, so that you have, there is a, so that post-war period becomes a kind of that broad framework, but it becomes more complicated when we, we break that down into what's going on in the United States, what might be going on in, in Europe, what might be going on in East Asia, and also what might be going on in Southeast Asia at that time. So that is, and there, that, then you can find those connections but between them, and it allows you to maybe shift the perspective. So when you look at the look at the Rauschenberg, are we looking at it from the perspective of the of the Western art historical, or can we see different ways of of viewing the reproduction of images and and the the um, uh, you know the the role of advertising? Can we see that in a different way when, when we view it from the from from Indone from Indonesia from Jakarta in in particular? So I think that that's really a fascinating part of the collection is 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 um, moments of of transition, and that is really underlines the motivations for um, the founder to build the museum. So as I said before, Indonesia is a developing country. It it lacks infrastructure. You've been you've been there. You've been there before. It's it's not all it's not the friendliest it's not always the friendliest city to kind of um, uh, navigate. And and the um, you know uh, the founder is a businessman and he's said a number of times that he's he's he as a businessman uh, looking at art and collecting art, of course, it has allowed him to, to see different points of view. And for a multi-religious, multi-ethnic um, developing country, the ability to, to build those opportunities to, to, to sustain empathy and seeing things through other people's eyes is, is really, really important. So I think that that's actually one of the foundations of the, of the collection is that we can see at different points of different times, how artists may be dealing with um, the socioeconomic or the, the political, um, their political contexts. Um, 
at the same time, um, we don't always make exhibitions from the collection. We do special exhibitions. So you saw the uh, the Yayoi Kasama, and we've done major projects with uh, Li Mingwei, the the performance artists, um, and also uh, other performance artists from Indonesia. So currently, we've got an exhibition by Mulati Suryadamo, and we one of our first Indonesian focus projects was by Aramayani, um, an artist who emerged at that very important global moment in the late 90s, 2000s. Um, and so we can see that the, you know, we're trying to be to be a little bit experimental with, with the program, like introducing performance, but it's also because that performance has art historical roots in in is important to the art history of of Indonesia and also a little bit further within within Southeast Asia. And the other thing too is that is that early on I wanted to introduce the idea that that a museum or you know uh, engaging with contemporary art really requires audiences. You know it, it's often finished with 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 uh, the participation of audiences and I think that that is um, that was important for us to establish because I didn't want the museum to simply be a kind of a transactional, um, um, pl uh, you know, a place where you just go see certain types of uh, of prestige items without understanding that there's a social and ec often an economic context for how that they how that they emerge. Yeah, and you. I think really successfully tease out these ideas in your educational program, which is a really core part of your mission. You've said that the country is not used to museum going. How do you help schools and individuals as well prioritize the arts? You know, the well, again, one of the first things that we did in the education space is that we mapped it out. We did some mapping around it. Um, uh, actually, art education is part of the the syllabus, but it's not so. It's not so much that we had to to um, um, ask our, uh, our educators to include art, but we found out that actually they needed to assistance to work out what to teach. So, in a, in a place where the where there aren't great resources for for education, if edu if art education is part of the syllabus, we found that actually teachers didn't have lots of materials to teach with. So, um, our first our first job was really to make contact with other educators, and that's actually a big part of the the, the program is that the the education community around us help us to um, shape parts of the parts of the program. Um, so twice a year, we run what we call an educators forum, where, which is parts of that forum. I mean, the, the, those forums are connected to exhibitions, whether they learn about whatever is on in the in in the museum at that time. But they're also built in order for us to better understand well what to educators need from us. So, you know, I think because we've built a museum in the 21st century, we can create a little bit more porosity between what's going on inside and what's also going on around us. We don't have um, those really strict rules that others around the world are really trying to um, uh, break down or, or to, 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 to reinvestigate. So we, we really do start from a, from a, a very much a, um, you know, looking at the, looking at the needs of needs of our, of our community. Keep in mind also that the, 
that education operates very differently. So some people may see this as being quite transactional, but I think it's really important in to, to, to note that lots of these materials don't exist. And um, if we don't, we, we need to, we, we can't just have an artist talk or a, um, some kind of symposium that is connected to an exhibition and expect educators to understand what, understand what's going on or to be it, it, to be necessarily interested. So we, we, we really, and this goes back to your first question, we really had to take stock of and, and really try and um, understand what was, what was wanted from, from, from us so we could build the program together with our constituents. And, and you're now, you're now going into your fifth year you must have seen lots of changes along the way, not least of all the last few years, <laughs> um, which no one could have anticipated. But having having steered the institution from its beginning, have you seen the museum change approaches to art in the city and wider country? Uh, I hope so. I, I really do hope so. I mean, I, I think that in some ways, I think we have. Um, the... the um, and how, how that has happened is I think that we've been able to generate a, a much more general interest in contemporary art. So very early on, I think in, in uh, 2018 or 2019, I can double check that, but, but Google came, came to us and said that in Indonesia, we in the area of art and culture, we were the, in the top 10 search, um, search words for that, for that year. Uh, in in terms of art and culture, and I think that that's a massive. Um, it, it, it's 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 massive. I mean, that means that alongside pop stars and um, uh, you know pop musicians, people are interested and in searching museum machan. I think that that's that's really great. And and consider that's a quarter of a billion. Uh, it's a market of 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 about of about a quarter of a billion people. I think um, we've been able to help raise some standards in terms of access, um, you know, where lots of our other colleagues are, are quite maybe very specific in terms of their audiences. We try and, and reach out um, uh, much further. And also because, um, and maybe this is one of the silver linings of the last two years is because of the, the role of, of how strong social media is as a communication tool, we've been able to communicate and to spread uh, information and knowledge about art across a much bigger geography. So it's no longer just Jakarta or Java centric, but it is across the, the, the whole country. And, um, you know, some of the statistics are that, that, that early on in the pandemic, we, 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 pro we produced a lot of online materials as, as, as you do, but we also chose to use existing platforms and the platforms that we knew that people were on and which weren't going to chew up, uh, that it, it chew into their, into their, into their data. So we used Instagram a lot. Uh, one of our, one of the, um, the curatorial guides for a key work in the collection by Aramayani has been accessed by over 40,000 times in, uh, since the, since about April of 2020. And I think that that just illustrates two things actually, is that I think that we're doing a good job in being able to, to reach people, but also that there's interest, you know, like there are 40,000 people out there who are sitting at home wanting to hear about, one object in, 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 in the museum. Yeah, that's fantastic. Can you tell us 
what's going to happen going forward? Like what plans you have for next year? So actually, one of the things that we've really been looking looking at is is working much more locally. So where we and also not knowing whether or not we're able to make exhibitions in the same way, we've done lots of collaborations across um, across Indonesia. So we're working with a number of biennales and contemporary art spaces to uh, work together to do research. And these are going to turn into a whole range of online programs and then hopefully an exhibition in, in December. So we're working across, um, working in Banda Aceh, in Makassar, in Papua, and also in, in Java, in Bandung and uh, Yogyakarta. Um, but I think we're still quite uncertain about um, how how. how big or how expansive our programs need, need to be. But I think that at the same time, we've been able to focus on other parts of the parts of the museum project, which is really about communicating in different ways. I was so struck by your museum when I visited. It was, it was such a fantastic space to visit in, as you say, like the city, which is, can be very overwhelming at times especially for someone who's used to a certain city layout and then to go there and just to I have such a distinct memory of the joy of that space just maybe to go back to your last question there then is that I, I um in terms of how I think that we've we've been able to see the impact that we've made is that actually everyone has has what well, there's just been such a great community spirit around around seeing uh, this uh, project succeed. Um, so it's not just about uh, the museum as as an organisation, but uh, artists also see the, see the see the need for it. You know, the the collecting community also sees sees the need for it. So that there's a, a great. Um, um you know there's a great camaraderie around uh, around it it's 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 it doesn't have the same kind of territory territorial um shapes that you see in it maybe in, in in other places because um yeah i mean i think that you know people people and i see it in my staff is that that there's such a great pride in um in you know achieving what we've been able to achieve even during the pandemic i think Many thanks to Aaron for giving me his time and his thoughtful answers. If you can, I urge you to visit the museum. And if you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It helps others to find us. Next time, we go to an old warehouse district in Jakarta and speak with members of Rangrupa and Good School two collectives who are tirelessly creating educational and exhibition programs. They talk about their expansive organisational structure and the games of ping pong that keep them going. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts-Comoretti. See you on the next journey.